All right. They're hoping that they're going to be playing that loudly at the end of the game on Saturday. It's down in Columbus, never friendly to Michigan. Uh, as I said before, if Blake Corum's playing, they got a much better chance. A guy who's been in a lot of those games is on the line with us right now. Desmond Howard. Happy Thanksgiving, Desmond. Hey, same to you, my man. Thanks for having me. I, I, I appreciate this opportunity to speak to you guys. Hope you guys have a great week and a happy holiday. Well, we always enjoy mm-hmm. talking to you, Desmond, and especially on Ohio State Week. We're just saying before that we liked it a lot better when it wasn't on Thanksgiving weekend. I can't imagine that the you're in TV, you can tell me, but I can't imagine the numbers of people watching ratings would be any different if it was still the Saturday before Thanksgiving than the Saturday after. I think the only reason they did it is because of the extra games in, in the schedule. But it, it, as Kenny pointed out, it's a college game, but nobody's on the college campus. Everybody's home. And, and, and so, you know, you kind of got to – a lot of people who would otherwise be able to go, a lot of the kids who would be able to go can't go. Right. Which do you prefer? Oh, that's a really good question, and I never really thought about that um, that that issue um, because you know I'm I'm telling you that that place is going to be filled to the rim um, come Saturday afternoon at twelve o'clock Eastern. Uh, the shoe will be standing room only. So at the end of the day, that's all they care about. They don't, you know, as long as people come into the stadium and, and they feel it, they don't care if students yeah. are home or not. And then <laughs> the other part of it is it's Michigan-Ohio State. I don't care if it's two weeks from now or two weeks earlier. People are going to watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's going to be eyes are going to be glued to the screen for that one. And then you're going in with both teams, you know, undefeated too. So that helps. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is, this is uh, I mean, it's it's really – the Big Ten takes center stage here now. No other conference has two teams that are undefeated that are in the top four. Right. Uh, sometimes we have things like that with the SEC, but they, they tend to you know, play each other so much more that uh, it doesn't often come down to the last game of the year, as it frequently does with Michigan. I, I, I look, I've watched these teams. You know, I've seen every Michigan game. I've seen most of the Ohio State games. And it's so hard to judge how they would do against each other because of what they do to the opponents that they're playing. And I don't know if you agree with this, but my take is that it's not – a lot of the teams that they're playing aren't the same. You know, you can't say, well, they did this to Indiana, so therefore they're going to do this to Michigan. Or You know, there's such a drop-off, such a difference. And, and I know they have some common opponents, but I find I look at Ohio State sometimes and I go, there's no way anybody's stopping them. Look at that. They, they, just, they, they were always ahead 45 to 10 at halftime. <laughs> But 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 then I look at Michigan, you know, grounding it out, and you know yeah. Blake Corm and picking up eight eight yards, nine yards, another first down, another first down, another first down. I go, well, nobody's going to beat that either. So right. give us your analysis of it. Well, I mean, you, you hit on on Blake Corm, and when you look at Michigan's offense, he's such an important part of. He's an important piece of that puzzle, and uh, not knowing the status of Blake. You know, how healthy is he going to be and, you know, how much is he going to play and what percentage he'll be? Will he be 80% or will he be 70% if he actually plays? You know, that's, that's just a big question mark for the offense, like you said. I mean, when you think Michigan offense, you think Blake Corum. And, you know, we're not just talking about a running back. We're talking about a guy who on a lot of people's ballots may have been the front runner for the Heisman going into this, um, the Illinois game. So this is like a special, special talent that – is a question mark going into this game. So, um, you know, and to me that that just kind of takes some of the air out of the the bubble, so to speak, 
for this matchup. Um, and, you know, the, the styles are different, contrasting styles, no doubt about it. Like you said, Michigan's like, um, hey, we'll get four yards, we'll get three yards, and, and we're content with third and three. <laughs> like, right. This, this is perfect. And then it's first and ten again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And obviously – um, the Buckeyes, they they have um, they want to strike fast. They they want to have an explosive offense and strike fast and, and often. Uh, but they haven't been able to do that with it with a, a, a level of consistency lately. Like even if you look at the Maryland game last week, like they took the ball, drove down the field, seven zip looked like it was going to be easy, and then I think the next four possessions may have been three and out. Um, and, and Maryland played them really really close, like. This game wasn't decided until less than 60 seconds in the fourth quarter. Like, mm-hmm. it was back and forth. And um, so I say that the injury is a, is a, is a concern. If, break, if Blake Corn was healthy and it was like he was 100%, then I'd be like, oh, well, you know, the way Michigan plays this game, it, it, it looks like they're going to be able to control the tempo. And that's what you want to do. You want to control the tempo of the game. And um, the biggest issue, though, guys, would be getting in the red zone. Like, there would be no doubt in my mind that Michigan would move the ball from 20 to 20. But right. once you got inside the 20, what's going to happen? You have to kick uh, – you have to score touchdowns and not kick field mm-hmm. goals. That would have been a big issue. And it's still a big concern going into Saturday's game. I think they got better. But they understand now, going up against the Buckeyes, they got to score touchdowns, not field goals. Isn't yeah. this a game also where – Guys out of nowhere make big plays in the game. I remember Haskins a few years ago in Ohio State when the quarterback I heard he came in and, and you know, pretty much won the game. Timmy Bianca Batuka was nobody was expecting to get 300 yards in the game. because well, Guys come out of nowhere sometime. I don't know what the years you were playing in any of those guys do that, but is this the kind of game where that happens? It could happen. No, it could happen. No, there's no doubt about that. And there are going to be some guys with opportunities to, to make a name for themselves. Um, you know, we talked about – Blake Corn, we don't know his status. Obviously, a week ago, Donovan Edwards didn't play against Illinois, too. He he didn't play. So, looking at, you know, potentially two running backs who we just don't know their status going to this game. Well, and which is a, a bigger um, negative for Michigan than it is for Ohio State. Because Ohio State, Trevion Henderson in the Maryland game, you know, he played first series or two, and then the next day I know he's on the sideline wearing a boot. And Mayan Williams didn't even dress that game. So they have two running backs, too, who are banged up. But they don't rely as much on their running game because they have Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, they have um, and, uh, and Abuka, you know, number two. So they, they rely more and on C. the And C.J. Stroud game. throwing the ball to them. Yeah. And, and there you go. And C.J. Stroud is the quarterback. So that's like their offense is really geared towards – C.J. Stroud and the receivers, where Michigan's offense is more geared towards a dominant offensive line and their running backs. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell me why they treat injuries to players like they're guarding nuclear codes in college? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Was it like that when you were playing? I mean, were you told, like, do not breathe a word about the bandage that you have on your ankle? Close to the vest. Close to the vest. (laughs) Um, I just think now with the – the access to, to social media and everybody has like access to different ways of trying to get information that coaches and, and people in the 
part of the medical staff that they really starting to tighten up about um, injury information because you know before you just have a reporter he he's the guy who covers Michigan or he's the guy or she's the the guy who covers Ohio State and that would be your source you know what I mean but now with social media and everybody's like a you know some type of um, reporter so to speak just because they got a um, a social media account or a cell phone. <laughs> I think they become more yeah, exactly they become more and more guarded with that because of because getting false information out there. Well, this is this is one of those games that you hate the the fact that somebody's going to lose because they don't just lose the game. They lose pretty much everything. <laughs> I, I mean, whoever loses this, most likely they're not winning the Big 10. They're not going to go to the Big Ten championship game. They're out of the playoff for the national championship. The winner gets all of those things. It's 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 not like they're playing for a uh, uh, for a, a wild card position. And when they go to when they go <laughs> right. to twelve uh, teams, which they yeah. will, I predict eventually. Right? They're even talking about that. You know, twelve teams in the in in the in the playoff. Right. This a kind of game like this is not going to mean the same thing because you know that whoever loses, they're still in. You know, they're going to have one loss. Right. Um, but do you see any scenario where if they play a tight game, comes into overtime or a field goal at the end of the game, that that the the, the voters end up saying, you know what, these two are the two best, the, the top, some of the top four teams, they deserve to stay in there, and they both end up making the playoff. That's an excellent question. I brought this up actually two weeks ago, and no one could answer because we already understood that the college football selection, playoff selection committee, that they do not like Michigan's non-conference schedule. Okay, got it. Fine. So if Michigan loses, they were automatically out. Now, this is going to last week. And I actually said, well, how about the flip side? How about the reverse of that? Say if Michigan beats Ohio State, is Ohio State still automatically out? Like, is this an automatic elimination game for both teams? Or are you saying just for Michigan because you didn't like their non-conference schedule? And that was a question most people didn't answer, and they never posed that on um, uh, on the show, on the College Football Selection uh, Committee show that comes on Tuesday night. So it'll be on tonight. They, they never brought that scenario up. So yeah. now the, what happened, Mitch, is that because everyone was looking at Tennessee at number five, and so they would say, okay, well, Tennessee, they're, 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 they're in a strong position because they can come in if Michigan or Ohio State, one of these two teams, lose because of their resume. Well, they just got blown out by South Carolina. So now Tennessee's out the way. So now I'm I'm sure tonight on the show they're going to now bring up the scenario. If Michigan beats Ohio State, does Ohio State have a backdoor way to still get into the college football playoff? Right. And because I after that, that you're might. looking at you're looking at TCU who who Correct. they struggled. They almost lost last week. Yeah, exactly. And that would have changed everything. And then the next yep. ranked team on uh, on the, at least on the current uh one that's standing is LSU with two losses. Yeah. So exactly. so you know is 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 Ohio State with one loss to Michigan in a close game not a better selection than LSU with two losses? I seems to me they would be. So I agree. They have a the, Ohio State has a better chance of doing that than Michigan. Michigan, if they lose, and then if they do lose, I mean, what should people? Let's hear it from Desmond Howard. What should people say about the Michigan team on Sunday if they play a good game but just lose to Ohio State? They don't get their doors blown off, but they lose. 
you know, you're going to have people saying, well, yeah, Harbaugh can't beat Ohio State. But, and they have nothing but a, a, meaning, a meaningless bowl game. You know, it'll be a big one, but it'll it still be meaningless. But what should people say about the season if they, if they lose this game? Well, like I started off this interview saying, if Blake Corum isn't able to go, then that's just a big blow to their offense. It's, it's, it's tantamount to Ohio State losing C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Because of the importance he has to the offense. I mean, C.J. Stroud is also another Heisman candidate. So it's not like you're just using, losing a quarterback. You're losing a guy who's considered one of the best in the country. Well, when you lose a guy like Blake Corum, you're not losing uh, just a running back. You're losing you know, a guy who is considered one of the best running backs, if not the best in the country. So if he's not able to go, then I think people are going to look at that and say, well, Michigan you know, obviously comes in there without their best player, and then they'll see how it goes. I mean, if it's still a close – if it's like a close game and Michigan loses kind of like um, – how TCU won last week with right. the last second field goal. Then they say, damn, man, see, now if Blake was in that game, yeah. man, yeah. it's a repeat from 2021. You know what I mean? Well, everybody wants to see 2021 mm-hmm. again, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I It's going to be a hard game. It's going to be yeah, What's the weather going to be like? Game. You're going to be Nobody there, Nobody knows right? yet. Well, Tuesday. Desmond, you're there this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't you guys know can't be anywhere is. else but this game. Yeah. No, we we can't. I do mean, you listen, still do you still get excited when Michigan wins, like a game like this? You know what? <clears throat> to be honest with you, Mitch, because of those young the 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 young men in the locker room, those those guys, man, I just you just feel so happy and so proud for them because you just know how much it means to them and how much is riding on this game. And obviously, like last year, being there, and I actually was on the field with one of my twin sons, and knowing that these kids poured so much into that game, and no one really gave them a chance. And so you feel happy for them. And so that's 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 where I am with this. It's just more like happy for the kids, you know, the coaching staff, and, you know, especially Harbaugh because he's dealt with so much especially in, in in regards to the Ohio State Michigan game that you feel, you know, you feel good for them and don't forget like people don't they take this for granted but this not only did he lose a lot of talent from last year's team but he lost his two coordinators like and we're talking about two exceptional coordinators the defensive coordinator Mike McDonald who went right back up to um to to Baltimore to become the DC there and obviously Josh Gaddis who left and came down to Coral Gables to be the OC for uh, University of Miami. So, I mean, to get this team at 11-0, and he lost all, you know, pretty much three first-rounders on defense a year ago and some other talent. And uh, and you're called play callers, but yet you still got this team at, you know, 11-0, and number three in the country, and about to go bump heads. Now, the question is, I know your, your, your listeners probably don't care much about this, but this needs to be posted. Saturday while I'm in Columbus. If Ryan Day loses a second time in a row to Michigan, what are the chances he's coaching Ohio State next season? Really? Wow. You you don't know how their fan base is, bro? <laughs> are wow. you serious right okay. now? You well, know, Harbaugh, wait, 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 Harbaugh wait, wait, survived. Wait, Mitch, 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 Mitch. We're talking about a team that on paper they got the most talent. Yeah. Like, you hear the GMs and scouts talk about, well, this guy's a first-rounder, this guy's a potential first-rounder. You're not hearing that about the Michigan player. So it's like he has the talent. Mitch, if this guy loses a second year in a row 
to Michigan, especially in the shoe? Mm, that That is a question <laughs> that needs to be posed. We're going to re- replay the, the last 30 seconds of Desmond on Monday after Michigan wins and uh, and pose that question because uh, I like the way you ask it. Mm-hmm, this question needs to be posed. Okay. We'll see saying, if they're bro. posing it. I, I, I find it hard to believe because Harbaugh got like four or five chances uh, of losing to him and he still held on to his job, but uh, we'll see. Maybe yeah. you're right. Yeah. Desmond, it's great to hear your voice. Happy mm-hmm. Thanksgiving to you and uh, look forward to seeing your analysis on Saturday. Yeah. Thanks for spending some time with us. Thanks for having me, guys, and have a happy turkey day. Back with more (laughs) after this.